0: I want you to listen to this beautiful handpan instrument played by West Australian instrumentalist Sam Marr. Today we are going to talk about rhythm. What I love about Sam playing this gorgeous instrument is that he oscillates between rhythms. Rhythm goes beyond instruments and music. It can be applied to us actually making the most out of life. Bruce Miller is an author and a pastor. He wrote a book that I just read called Your Life in Rhythm. In his book, he helps us understand what it means to live life in sync with our surroundings and natural rhythms. We discuss how to realize our limits and create a realistic foundation for intentional living. When we look for balance in our life, we might be looking for the wrong thing. Trying to balance it all can be an endless burden that we're, quite frankly, not capable of handling. Bruce's concepts of rhythm really give me hope for escaping this frenetic pace of modern life and to help me fully engage in the variety of rhythmic moments that life is actually sending my way. I appreciate your attention and I hope that you find wisdom in our conversation. Bruce, it is always an honor for me to have a discussion with someone who I feel like I've been inside of their head. And I say that because I've been enjoying your book. And it's so nice to not only meet you through your your work and your incredible writing, but to then now discuss that in an open discussion. I just, it's a real gift for me. So thank you for your time.
1: Oh, thanks, John. It's an honor for me for you to invite me to to be on your podcast and just to spend a little time talking about concepts that I think are really important and really
0: helpful to our lives. So the book I've been reading of yours, although you have many, is Your Life and Rhythm. And I'm working on a book right now, and I can trace the nexus of me writing it to a particular Eureka moment. I'm really curious in this book. What was a eureka moment for whether it was the title or the concept in whole? Can you, can you paint a picture of that scene?
1: Yeah, I, I can remember. I was, I was in New Zealand speaking to a group of church leaders, and it was a question and answer session kind of all day. And we were on a whiteboard, and people started talking about being burned out, being exhausted, being tired. Being, and, and, and the thought was, hey, my li- our lives are just not in balance. And I don't know if it was, we're near the ocean, or near the Auckland Harbor or what, but I thought it just hit me out of nowhere. And I drew a wave on the whiteboard and I said, maybe it's not balance. Maybe it's rhythm. And somehow the idea just captured everybody's imagination. And even though I don't know how many topics we talked about that day, probably 20 different things, that was the one takeaway for me and for people that were there and we all began just to talk began talking about the concept of rhythm and that was the genesis the beginning of what would the seed that would become the book
0: Mm. and after that seed was planted bruce how did it start presenting itself in an ongoing basis after that moment in new zealand
1: yeah i came back to texas and began researching rhythm and thinking about rhythm and It's one of those things where you start seeing it everywhere once it's on your mind. And and the more I researched, the more fascinated I became with rhythms in nature uh, that are, you know, sort of obvious, the seasons and tides and so on. And then rhythms in our own bodies. And I stumbled across this field called chronobiology. That actually there's a chronobiology lab at the University of Texas in Austin, right where you are. But um, that our bodies have all these rhythms. And of course, we know it from things like seasonal affective disorder or jet lag. But there's more than that in our bodies. And even it's studies about when you take medicines and why you take one at a certain time of day. And it was just absolutely fascinating to me. And then looking at at, this, at time throughout history and how people have looked at time and where things like the notions of a day or an hour, the year, or the month came from. And so I just got fascinated with with the whole idea of what time is it in our lives from so many different angles, all, all the way then to looking at cycles of life and, and stages of life that so we have a lifespan and every living thing has a beginning and an end. There's a birth and a death to a plant, an animal, a human being.
0: There's like a incredible variance of scope both large nano and, and, and macro of which you can apply this concept of rhythm I and mean, it's it's surrounding us in almost any context yeah, it really is so that is a incredible insight to have and what's interesting to me is as i've read the book you do so in not an aggressive way but a helpful way to saying that a framework of rhythm can actually offer a better life to what many use as their default, which is work-life balance. And I, don't, I think it's good if someone uh, says, hey, I need more balance in my life, that there, 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 there's some awareness in that, there's some seeking for betterment, but you, you critique that seeking balance can provide a burden,
1: I think that, that all my life I've been told you've got to live a balanced life and I I tried to do that and to have work life balance and I think like you said most of that is really a noble desire to have I don't know what we might say a healthy life but as I started researching what is a balanced life like what do we mean by that I began to realize it's almost this um, false idea well it, it's almost a a mythical thing Mm. that doesn't exist like a mirage. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a perfect life. Like, okay, is your, everything about you in balance, your fitness, your family, your spiritual life, your work, your volunteers, your recreation, your service, you know, everything is your yard balance, everything. And, and I've asked crowds of people, raise your hand if your life's balanced and nobody raises their hand. And, and I think, you know, What is it really? And I realized the concept balance, I tried to research it. It It's applied to a lot of people's lives. I love history of ideas. I couldn't really find the origins, but it's applied to numbers. You balance equations. You balance spreadsheets. It's applied to tires. You balance a tire, but it's kind of a fixed concept. Or even physically, you're balanced on a balance beam, but you're always about to fall off. Or you balance, you know, something, a book on your head. Mm -hmm and i realized it's very um, it's a very fixed idea and I, and I, and yet our lives are always moving they're always changing and so keith Hammonds wrote an article and he said his title was balance is bunk that the whole idea of it is actually driving us crazy because we're we're pursuing something that Is probably not achievable and might not even should be achievable, because balance almost implies like there's one balanced life, but there's not. We're all living different lives, and so I got to the point where I thought I think we need to give up balance. I mean, some of the things people do to live a balanced life, like creating boundaries and getting a good night's sleep and so on, are great ideas, but maybe we need to switch the paradigm itself that some of those good practices are hooked onto because rhythm is more of a pose and I mean, balance is a pose and rhythm is a dance. Balance is more static and rhythms dynamic. It's like balance is a photograph, but rhythm is video. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's always moving and changing. So at any one given time in your life, how you might arrange the activities and of your life would look different than at, an, at, a, at another time. So I, I think it's more than just a word game. I really think it's a different paradigm to shift from a balance paradigm to a rhythm paradigm as a fundamental way you think about your
0: life. You know, there's also a burden that is released when throughout the book you point towards one of the most incredible teachers of all time, which is nature. And right now I'm looking out of my studio window and it's vibrant, like there's fruit growing on trees, There's tons of Birds that are now chirping, and that was not the case a couple of podcast episodes ago. It was cold, and <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and 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 so there's this almost, yeah. It's it's a relief where I where when I'm like, okay, if I if I start shifting my framework of living and existence to a more biomimicry approach of, hey, I'm just I'm following I'm following along what. Nature's giving me right um i'm more in tune than than i am by seeking some sort of forced balance against the natural rhythm
1: and i find some of us try to resist that it's like in winter rather than enjoying winter and all that it offers we're longing for spring and in the spring we're wishing it were summer and we as opposed to living in that season and realizing each season has its own activities it calls for i think not that I've ever been a farmer, but realizing there's a season for planting and a season for harvesting. And if you're trying to plant during harvest season, it, it doesn't work.
0: So you introduce us in the book to two words, which actually originate from two Greek gods. Right. Can you talk about those two?
1: Yeah. You know, when I came back from New Zealand and started looking at time, I realized Wow, there really are two different kinds of rhythm. And these two Greek gods, Kronos and Kairos, correspond to two Greek words that, in, at least in classical Greek, were used of different kinds of time. And, and are, interestingly, these, these two concepts can be found in other languages, other cultures, if you research it. But in, in Greco-Roman mythology, you see father time. And Father Time is this old, wise-looking man with a gray beard, and he's got this carved fifth, which was really a a part of the Zodiac cycle. And Kronos Time is measured time. It's the hours and the days and the months. And then there's Kairos, and that's K-A-I-R-O-S, whereas Kronos is C-H-R-O-N-O-S, and Kairos is this other God, he was in an Aesop's fable, and he's, he's pictured as bald, except this lock of hair sticking out of his forehead, and he's running, and you have to grab this hair as he's on the way by, or it's past you. And so the idea of kairos is more the opportune time, the the, op- the, the right opportunity, the the, the the moment. It's more lived time than it is measured time. Like if someone says Hey, what's what's the right moment to propose to somebody I want to be married to? Well, you're not really asking what time is it on the clock. You're thinking, what's the appropriate moment or the appropriate moment to have a hard conversation? Or what's the right in a totally different world? What's the right, when's the right time to invest in a company? Mm. And if you know the right time, and there's going to be an investment that, of course, a lot of us look back and go, well, if I only had invested in XYZ company at a certain moment, there was this, you could seize the opportunity in that moment. So it's, it's a, it's a different kind of time.
0: If, if I think about Kairos, I often think about this is common when you're just chatting with a friend that you, you, you reflect on, let's say Bruce, you and I both, next weekend have a incredible dinner party with the people we care about the most uh, it will be very dense very weighted and 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 the feeling of of those moments like the density of those moments yet yet it'll feel like it 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 just flew by like the feeling of yeah, it flew yeah. by yet if the following week i have to go to the dmv and get Uh, Some sort of license. It's going to it's going to feel like an entire day that I was I was waiting there. And that's a real intuition that that we can relate to and feel. And that's a rhythm.
1: It is. It is. And we it's important then to have a sense of time. You know, what time is it in my life? Is a question that I don't think we ask enough. We we ask, you know, what's my mission? What are my values? What's important to me? What are my priorities? And how am I how am I shaped? How am I formed? What are my my abilities? My personality. And all those are important questions. We should ask all those, and we should take all the different tests that help us figure out our instruments, you know, who we are. But another question we need to ask is what time is it in my life?
0: Well, that's a great question. May I ask it to you? Well, what 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 time is it right now? What rhythm do you feel like you're in currently?
1: Yeah, you know, I and I think you you answer that on a couple different levels. There's stages of life that are like big, long stages in your life, and then there's some shorter seasons you're in. So, I'm in a stage now, uh, frankly, the grandparent stage, which is kind of shocking because I don't think I'm that old. <laughs> Look in the mirror and don't think I'm a grandfather, but I have six grandkids. And so I'm in this stage of life of investing in the next generation. And that's a, that's a whole different stage of, of life than I've ever been in before. I've never had a grandchild to, to be in that stage. And then in terms of seasons, it's very, um, that's much more like compressed, like that's for months or a shorter period of time. So I'm in a, I'm in a season of planning next year for our church and, I'm in a season of another book coming out um, and and there's a whole season of, of releasing a book and all that goes with that. And so that's, that's a season that I'm in that is that will pass, you know, somewhat quickly. Recently, I had a, another grandchild born and there was this season of the birth of this grandchild and getting ready for it and, you know, praying for my daughter and this new baby in her womb, and then coming and going to the hospital and celebrating all that happened with that birth was just wonderful.
0: What does oscillating between work and rest look like for you? because you you're a pastor, you 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 consult, you write books, you're a grandfather. Like within all of these rhythms and chapters going on and being productive, I, I assume that you still, Incorporate rest. So, if so, what is your approach to to oscillating between?
1: Yeah, I have I have a <clears throat> in the book when you when you're uh, thinking through all this this stuff about rhythm, I try to say how do you become practical and real? And I have six rhythm strategies for life, three for Kairos and three for Chronos. And with Chronos, one of the strategies is to oscillate between work and rest, or between intensity and renewal. And I really think you 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 need to do this on all each of the cycles. There are five cycles that are built into the, the created or natural order: the day, the week, the month, the quarter, and the year. They're really mostly built into the way the sun, the moon, and the earth interact. You know, these we didn't we didn't make up the day or make up the year. It's just part of the way the world really works. And so, like in the day, this is the simple advice of. You need to get a good night's sleep. You work hard during the day and you rest well. And there's tons of research about that and about the importance of rest. Well, you just play that out to the next cycle of the week and the wisdom of Sabbath that is built into the whole Judeo Christian history, but of taking a day off all the way back to creation of God resting on the seventh day. But if you don't take a day off, each week it catches up to you not not quite as often as not not getting a night's sleep but i wonder if that we've all experienced you try to stay up all night and you're exhausted and that doesn't really work too well so as you get older very few of us continue to stay up all night because we realize that isn't actually what's making you more productive if it was more productive for us to stay up all night we do that on a regular basis but it's not it's it's more you live a better life if you are oscillating between work and rest on a day. But now play that out to the month, to the quarter, to the year. So you create rhythms or rituals of of renewal in each cycle. So on a year, it's very simple, you ought to take a vacation. There's research out there that people who don't take a vacation every year are at a much higher rate of risk for heart attack. Probably not surprising. So another way I say is we need to climb mountains and lie on beaches we need to do both. We need to work well. There's times to work really hard and it feels awesome to work really hard, climb a mountain, run a marathon, work really hard to get a product out. And then it's important to really rest deeply. And I find for most of us, the crazy thing is when we're working really hard, we're feeling guilty that we're putting in a lot of hours, even though maybe it's the time we need to do that because we're getting the product out, we're finishing the project. And then on the other hand, when we're on vacation, we're waking up going, I need to check my emails or check in with the office and be sure everything's okay. Or, and we're feeling feeling guilty that we're resting. And it's like, hey, no, in, in, in the time when you're working, you need to go all out, work hard. And then the time when you're resting, you need to really lay it down and rest and to make an oscillate between the two. Mm. And this it just, is just built into the way life and, and, and our bodies even work. If you, if you try to go constantly, because some people think, okay, I've just got to just keep working hard. And, and month after month after month, they're just driving or working seven days a week for a long time. And you, and you kind of think you're going to be more effective. But in like, personal training, weightlifting, people are running, people have learned and realized that interval training is actually more effective and you work one muscle but you don't work that same muscle every day continually you've got to work one work a muscle and rest it so that it can rebuild because you actually make tiny tears in the muscle when you work it hard and then it repairs and rebuilds and strengthens itself mm. and same for running that you you run and rest run and rest even in running a marathon people have learned something called the galloway method which is that you you actually run and then walk a little bit and run. And it ends up, you can improve your marathon time by running in a way where you oscillate even during a marathon.
0: So your book, what I enjoyed about it is, and you and I've talked about this outside of this podcast, that it's very practical. And the majority of the, of the book is talking directives and, and actions that you can put this context in, into practice yeah and
1: hopefully lots lots of stories of how it's worked in real life you know
0: <laughs> you've helped a lot of people and that includes consulting groups and individuals and i'm, I'm curious if there is a few of the most effective you found or the some of the directives that have had the most profound impact on people maybe just one that just comes immediately to mind i mean they're all valuable in their own regards but if you could surface one of them
1: Yeah, one I'd say is seizing the opportunities in a given stage of life, a given season of life. So we all know the advice of uh, older parents give younger parents, hey, they're only young ones, hold on to those little babies and all that. And that's exactly true. And what I would say is every moment only comes once. Every season comes one time. And you want to seize that moment um, for all that you can. Get out of that for your life. So I think about well, when in the season of when you put kids to bed at night, and for a lot of parents, when you put your, your little kids to bed, and they're saying, "Can I have one more glass of water? Can you turn on the light? Or, I'm scared. Read me one more story." And usually, what happens is you're exhausted. You've worked all day, and you're like, you feel like saying inside. And some of us, and sadly, say it. Actually, say it sometimes. Shut up and go to bed. You know, no, you can't. You know, and I, and I realize how short is that time when they want you to come read them a story, give them a kiss? Like pretty soon they're going to be saying, get out of my room. Uh, (laughs) You're weird. Don't, don't kiss me. You know, mom or dad, you know, Mm -hmm. this is my space, my room. And I think, gosh, it's just this short season of a few years when rather than resenting that your little kid is, is, is saying, Hey, would you come read me one more story or come pray with me or whatever in this this good night moment is to just relish it and to realize, wow, I, I'm only going to have this for a few years when they're they're old enough and alert enough to realize you're there and not yet old enough to resent you and not want you there. <laughs> and so to see yeah. that.
0: Mm. You know, I I love hearing that from because uh, I'm not a, I'm not a parent. I don't have that exact experience yet but i can draw an analogy to entrepreneurship and that doesn't just mean in technology where i've spent most of my career but you know any any project any venture you're going out uh to create the same thing can be applied you know it's like here especially in the early stages of of a project there's this beautiful canvas in front of you that you can get obsessed in your mind of thinking too much about a future rhythm or chapter of, oh, I can't wait until this thing grows and is finally successful or has a lot of times, at least in software, the early days are the ones you you end up missing because it's it's, yeah. it's an experimentation. It's very playful. You learn the most in those early days where you're constantly having to pivot or reconsider things. And then the next thing you know, when it grows and you're hiring people, you find yourself like, well, just wanting to build something again. And so you kind of miss that chapter that you were wanting to forcefully get out
1: when we were starting the church and we were, we were meeting in a school and we were setting up and taking down every Sunday. It was crazy. You know, we were, an office was in my home. And now we have land in a building and, and people look back on those as being, remember those great days when we had to wake up and get the trailer and set stuff up. And I look back and I didn't celebrate those moments enough. I was like you, John, I was, I was ready for the next thing. I was, Right. Let's you know. Let's let's raise money for the next piece of this. And I was looking at what's next so much that if I did it all over again, I would slow down and celebrate the moments mm. and enjoy the little victories. I mean, what people remember when they look back is their first car, terrible as it might have been, their first apartment, as tiny and <laughs> pathetic in some ways as it might have been. It's like you want to seize those those wonderful moments, uh, especially beginnings and firsts. Mm.
0: Hmm. So there's a question I like to ask all of the guests on the podcast. And, you know, we do live in a very technology driven society at the moment. I mean, incredible tools and capabilities are created with those. And I'm sure you and I both own smartphones and, and a lot of other people do in the world too. And if I was able to grant you the capability of uh, right now, send a push notification. Right, it displays a, a message and it notifies the person on their lock screen what what phrase or, or message would you want to use if, if if we could do that?
1: I think I might ask a question and the question would be what time is it in your life
0: and when, when, what do you hope that when somebody or maybe you have experience when you ask somebody that in some of your consulting or advising. Uh, What, what, what does that question help someone do?
1: I think people will pause for a moment and consider what stage and season they're in. And in that, I hope that then leads to some, some consider some pausing for a moment rather than just racing through life. We've talked about seizing the opportunities in that, in that time, what time it is, but also you can release expectations for more peace. Like we've talked about not planting during harvest season, but to realize like you just had a new baby or you're engaged or you're pregnant or I mean, so many things, seasons, or you're, you had a, maybe you've had a surgery or an accident and you're in rehabilitation. But in that moment, is to release expectations that don't fit that, that moment rather than resenting or regretting the current time you're in. And then you can anticipate what's next with hope. Hey, I'm going to finish rehabbing my knee. You know, I'm, engagement's going to be over. We're going to get married. The baby's going to be born. There's another day coming. And when you release expectations, you have more peace. When you seize opportunities, you have more fulfillment. And when you anticipate what's next, you have more hope. But it all starts with the realization of what time is it in my life.
0: Mm. I've not thought enough about the releasing of expectations, where I think so much self produced struggle resides, is in just stacking more and more expectations. And in today's society, it's so easy to reference others that are doing X, Y, and Z, and then somehow. I'm guilty of it myself of just automatically without much thought subscribing to that new expectation for myself without asking, well, is that the proper time in my life to even have that kind of expectation?
1: Exactly. And I think that sadly, social media has been one of our worst enemies there because there's even a false portrayal of, uh, or an exaggerated portrayal of here's all the wonderful things, the wonderful vacation and the this and the that. And, and boy, it creates expectations of well, my life ought to look like the life of my peers or my friends or the people I graduated with that I'm seeing on Instagram or Facebook or whatever platform um, that I think adds to that. And it adds to a, a life that rather than being full of peace and full of acceptance of your life, is full of regret and resentment and envy of a place you're not at. Like for you, you're not married. Well, there's no expectation for you to be a husband or to be a father at this stage. You know, there are other things that God has for you at this point. And I find that that young people are trying to have everything their parents had too quickly. And then older people are trying to be younger than they are and younger than maybe their bodies really can do. Rather than each person embracing the joy and the beauty and the the blessings of that season, whether it's the season of being single in your twenties or the single of being a grandparent in your seventies, you know, just, just, it's different.
0: Well, Bruce, I, that is such a strong note. I think I'd prefer to end there. I mean, that question, I'm imagining it popping up on my phone right now. What time is it in my life? And I, I need to spend today at some point, answering that for myself. And I think the listeners, instead of just continuing to, to listen to the many stories you and I could tell, I think uh, that prompt of self-reflection is, is really powerful. And um, I'd like to end on that, but what are you up to next? How can we support you?
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm actually loving the life God's given me. And I'm, I feel continued calling a right. So I'm, I'm continuing to create other books, and other resources that I hope will be helpful to people. And if anyone's interested, brucebmiller.com is where it, where it resides, where you can find out about it. Um, and I appreciate the question because I think we all need to support and help each other to take the next steps forward in our life. It's, we're part of the the human community and we need to be cheering each other on, not tearing each other down.
0: Beautiful Bruce. Again, it's a, it's an honor to quickly meet you. Uh, in the last couple of, of of weeks, through an introduction and uh, the wisdom you've already given me, uh, I hope somehow to return return the wisdom at some point in a, in another rhythm throughout my life. So, thank you. I wish you a wonderful rest of the week, and really excited to get this episode out.
1: Awesome, Johnny. Hey, thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate that, and and really am honored to be on the podcast with you.
0: Awesome, Bruce. Thank you so much.